chase down my heart through all of yeah. my failure and pride. preach your gospel, Lord. I'm privileged to be standing here in this room tonight speaking to these people, whether they're here personally or whether they're on Facebook or any of the social medias, Lord. It's a privilege to spread, spread your word. Lord. It's a privilege. It's an honor. It's, it's just to glorify your name, Lord. I am the one. I am one that you didn't leave behind. That whole song, Lord, touches me because if the rocks cry out, so will I. If the stars were made to worship, so will I. I remember yes. what you did for me on the hill of Calvary, Lord. I know that you went there and you gave your life. The Son of God hanging for my sins. I drove the nails, Lord. I drove the nails. Thank you for your forgiveness, Lord. And through your forgiveness, I learned to forgive. Through your forgiveness and your, learn, your word, Lord, I've learned to love. I invite you tonight, Lord, to come into this room. I invite you to fill every person here and every person watching with your word. Lord, I invite you to come. No, I don't have to invite you because you said where two or three are gathered. There I am in the midst Man. of you. But I know that you're here, but I want to invite you. I want to honor you. I want to set a place at the table for you at the head of the table and show you in reverence that we love you and we want you here. We love you, Lord. Touch this message tonight, Lord, that you gave me. 
Anoint my ears, Lord, that I can hear it as it comes out of your breath and let it flow out of this empty vessel and onto the ears of those that's listening, Lord. Let it flow out of me and let it land the way you want it to land. Let it sound the way you want it to sound. Let the people understand it the way Holy Ghost wants them to understand it. Because I'm just a simple messenger, Lord. You have chosen me to give this message today. And I will open my mouth and let your words flow out. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to thank everybody here. I want to thank the people that's watching tonight. I have a special message tonight. If you notice, my stool's not here. My podium's not here. My notebook's not here. I was in my room tonight. I was getting ready to give the message. And the Lord had already told me yesterday what the message would be. And as I sat down to begin to do a little study, He said, Stop it! Stop it! He said, You don't need a message. He said, Don't take a podium to put your notebook on it. Don't take your notebook. He said, don't wear your glasses because you ain't got nothing to see. He said, take this old Bible and tell them the story of this old Bible. He said, take that old Bible and zip it up. Don't even peek inside of it because the words that's in it, you know them. Last night, I had a dream and I was woken. And I shared this dream with some people today, part of it. But he said, I couldn't give it all away. But he told me in my dream, he said, Rusty, they're destroying my word. They're taking my word and they're destroying it. They're taking it out of the schools. They're taking it out of the courthouses. They're taking it out of every place it was at. They're trying to take it out of the church. And some churches are watering it down and tearing it apart and taking parts out of it. But I'm going to tell you a story about this Bible tonight. This Bible tonight, this particular Bible, 60 years ago, this particular Bible was given to a little boy about 8 years old. It says in the cover, it says presented to Rusty Pleasants from his parents. December 25th. It zipped up, I can't remember, but it's the early 1960s. Two or three. This was my Bible as a little boy. This is the one I used to carry to the churches when my mom and daddy would take me to church or I'd go with my brothers and sisters. You know, this Bible's got a story of its own, a history of its own. This Bible has been some places. People say if a book could talk or if a place could talk, it could tell you all kinds of things. Let me tell you something. This book can talk. Amen. This book can talk. Come on. It's got secrets. It's got mysteries. It's got love. It's got violence. It's got death. But more than anything, it's got truth. And it tells the story of the greatest gift that was ever given. The Son of God. The Son of God. Tonight I wasn't going to do a message. It's Christmas Eve. I told my son as early as last night, we'll just do a, uh, we'll share something that we had did before. I had no intention of doing a message. But the Lord told me to do this message. What does this Bible mean to me? 
What does the Bible mean to you? Let me tell you what this Bible means to a lot of people. There are people in foreign countries that have a page of a Bible, maybe just like that size. That's about all. And they'll memorize that page. That page will go to another person and another person, and they'll continually memorize those pages. And they do that because they can't have a Bible. They can't have a Bible. Every word in this Bible is important to them because they want to get to know God. They don't say we're going to leave out this because it offends some. They don't say we're not going to leave out, we're going to leave this out because the scientists don't agree with it. They don't say we're going to leave this out because certain groups don't agree with it. It hurts their feelings. But there are some churches today in America, a Judeo-Christian country, that are, that are taking the very word of God out of church. Come on. There's churches today in America that are telling people what is important in this book. I did not know man had the right to decide what part of God's word was important and what wasn't. I believe this Bible from the word in to the word amen. And for those that have never opened the Bible, the first word in the Bible is in, as in the beginning. And the last book, word in the book of Revelations is amen. Everything in between is important. See that little eight-year-old boy that got this book? I'll tell you a story about him. He was a pretty good boy. Went to school, had friends. Normal life, brothers, sisters. Normal life. Mom and dad. Lived, grew up in a time when America was really different. You know, people say times have changed. Times haven't changed that much. If you think about it, if people would have stayed focused on this. But see, when I got this Bible as a young man, I did this before, but I got to do this. When I got this Bible as a young man, this was a different world. What? I got a Bible I got two years ago. When I got this Bible as a young man, I could walk to the store by myself at six, seven, eight years old. When I got my other Bible, I wouldn't let my kids go near a store unless I drove them and brought them home. When I got this Bible at six, seven, eight years old, I could watch television, wholesome television shows. Today, I don't even watch television. I even have to kind of be scrutinized. I kind of scrutinize certain things that we do get and watch on, 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 on our phones, on apps, because even some of them that are supposed to be Christian wholesome shows push the envelope. But that's not what this is about. This is about this book. See, because that eight-year-old boy, he grew up and he lost his father, as many of you know. And this Bible, this book, it become obsolete to him. Let me tell you what happens to a person when the Bible is obsolete to them. When the Word of God is obsolete to them. When being obedient to God is obsolete to them. When it's not important and it's zipped up and put away collecting dust. Let me tell you what happens to that person. He blames God for the death of his father. Rather than looking in this book for comfort that he knew was in there. He blames God for the death of his father. 
And he begins to listen to the death of the, the, the voice of the enemy. He begins to think it's okay to drink because he's getting even with God for taking his daddy. Yeah, this is a Christmas message. Because I'm giving y'all a gift tonight. I'm getting ready to tell y'all how y'all can get this back in your life. Because Christmas is about Jesus. And if we take the Bible away, and we take the gospel away, and we start dissecting this. Come on. What's next? Well, we're done with the Bible. Let's take Jesus out of it. He's too religious. There's some starting to do that already. When I get to that section, I'm going to address that. That young boy spent a life, a few a years of drinking, drugging, in jail, robbing, stealing, womanizing, anything. Just think of anything you can think, and that's what he did. The Ten Commandments were broke. All of them. Don't have to get exact about everything I did. But you know what? Maybe I should have went in this book. Because, see, I knew what was in this book. But I didn't want to look in this book. So I started changing the words of this book. I started changing it from the King James Bible, the Word of God, to the Word of Rusty. I left out the things I didn't want to talk about. God knew my heart. That's what I used to always say. I was baptized, and God knows my heart. Oh, dear. Had God came back in those years? No. He wasn't even looking at me because God did not look on sin, and I was a sinner. So don't tell me that I went to heaven because I was backsliding as far as you could backslide. Everything that I was doing, the Bible says, will not enter into heaven. It says a drunkard will not enter into heaven. Check. It says a whoremonger will not live in, enter into heaven. Check. It says a liar, a murderer, a thief will not enter into heaven. Check, check, check. Don't tell me I was going to heaven. I was fooling myself because I was listening to certain things because they had rearranged words. And I was saved because I went up forward and I said, Save. Saved means you repent. Repentance means to change. Come on. You become a new person. You don't write a new Bible. You become new. You become born again. Jesus Christ came to earth and was born in a manger, not a five-star hotel room. He did not just come and preach some sermons for looks and then just float on a cloud back to heaven. He had nails running his hands because of what I did. I was going to hell because I put this on a shelf. No, come on. God told me last night, Rusty, they're watering down my word. Amen. They're tearing out the pages. Mm. Don't be lazy tonight because it's Christmas Eve and say, I'm running a repeat. I called you to preach. I called you to preach the gospel. If you don't preach it and your friends don't preach it and other people don't preach it, there won't be no gospel left. There won't be no word of God left. It's going to be the word of man. It's going to be a denominational doctrine. It's going to, listen, there are, oh Lord, there are Pentecostal churches today that won't speak in tongues because it offends people. I move with the Holy Spirit. If he says something, I do it. 
If he gives me a dream, I dream it, and I do what he says. Amen. He says in the last days I will pour out my spirit. It's in this book if you read it. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and my sons and my daughters will prophesy. He tells us things. Just because he gives you one prophecy, don't make you a prophet. But he lets you know he will pour out his spirit. Read this book. It wasn't just for back then. But we're going somewhere with this now. We're going somewhere with this now. I had a towel stuck in my pocket. almost lost it. It almost become obsolete. But when I started sweating, I needed it. Guess what? When them flames of hell started licking up around me, I needed this. I needed this bad. But it took me a while to get back to it because I had the Bible according to Rusty. I listened to my words. I listened to anybody that said what I wanted. See, I had wow. itching ears. I wanted you to tell me I was going to heaven and that anything I did was okay. God would forgive me. I wanted you to tell me I didn't even have to associate with God no more. I went to the altar. I wanted to hear that I did not have to repent. I wanted to hear that I did not have to become a different person. I wanted to hear that I could be a drunk and just say, Oh, I'm hard. I slept. I'm okay. No. I wanted to hear all that. But I want to tell you what really truly saved me. After going through the years of being a drunk and a drug addict and all those other things that disgust me, a being of the flesh, captured in the spirit of demons. Demons were just... I bet if you could put some kind of special camera on me, my life and my body would have been so dark, you would have had to have special lighting just to see it. Well, guess what? I got that special lighting. It was called Jesus Christ. And when that special lighting come on, the demons fled. Hey, come on. Run, devil, run. Run, devil, run. you under my feet. Run, Woo! devil, run. I ain't scared no more. I ain't scared because I got back in this book one day. And I started reading it. And I started looking at it. And you know what popped in my head? That eight-year-old boy that read that story in the beginning. God created the heaven and the earth. And the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the Lord. Ooh, it was a void without form. It was dark. The Spirit of the Lord moved upon it. And that Spirit said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. See, last night when the Lord visited me, He took me from Genesis to Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It reminded me of a message I did one time where He showed me Jesus through the whole Bible. From the beginning to the end. If you don't believe me, you know what? Read the Bible. It's in here. That's what we need to start doing. Start reading the Bible. Stop listening to what somebody said. Well, this is what it means. No, get in there and read it. Study it. Learn it. Understand it. Don't take everybody's word for it because everybody's word ain't getting you to heaven. Come you on. ain't going to heaven because your preacher says, yeah, he's a good fella. Jesus said this statement. He said one time, it's in here. Look, everything I say is in here. I know because God told me last night. He downloaded it. He said, tell them I know them not. Because they took that page out. People say, don't judge me. The Bible says, don't judge me. Matthew 7, 7. Read Matthew 7, 8. It said, because how you judge is how you will be judged. 
If I judge you, I'm judging you with love and I'm not judging you because I'm better than you. I'm telling you, hey, I made those mistakes. I'm not judging you. I love you. There's not one person I don't love. Not because Jesus said I have to, but because Jesus made it possible for me to want to. Come on. I cannot go to heaven if I do not love. I cannot go to heaven if I don't forgive. It's in here. Jesus says, if you do not forgive me and their sins, how can my Father forgive you? Read it. But we're going back to the Old Testament again. The Old Testament, some people say, ain't even important anymore. The Old Testament that they say we don't need. That was for a different time period. You know, it was those stories. I had a book. It was called Bedtime Bible Stories. And I read them stories when I was a little boy. And it was all the cool stories, you know, Moses and, and, and the going down the Nile and being saved by the king's daughter and all that stuff and going up there and seeing God in the burning bush. It gives a kid an idea of who God is. Then it talked about him going back to Egypt and the plagues and let my people go. And it showed the power of God. And when they got to the Red Sea, I did this message not long ago. When they got to the Red Sea and all hope was gone after the Lord led them with a pillar of smoke and then at nighttime with a pillar of fire. We got a supernatural God. This book's got supernatural stuff in here that make Hollywood shudder. It's true. It's real. Read it. Come on, people. They stood at that Red Sea and guess what? Moses didn't build a bridge. He raised his hands. And when he raised his hands, I want you to think of something. The Lord opened that sea and they walked through. They walked through that sea. They walked from sure death into life. We'll jump back up to the New Testament. Because when the Son of God raised his hands on the cross, he opened that sea. He opened that sea from death to life. Amen. He defeated death in the grave. When he raised his hands. But we got people to go to church and won't do this. They won't do this. They won't stand up, stay, they won't stand up during a hymn. This Bible says, praise ye the Lord. Praise him in the sanctuary. Praise him everywhere. Psalms 150, 1 through 6, 13 times says, praise ye the Lord. And then it ends up with everything that has a breath. Praise ye the Lord. I was in here preaching one time and my cat fell out on the floor. He's praising God. Come on, people. I'll tell you something. God is good. But you know, I missed a couple of stories. I didn't talk about Abraham and how much he loved God that he was going to sacrifice his own son. I didn't tell you about Jacob and Esau, that cool story about how one brother stole the other brother's birthright. But how out of that one brother... Came 12 sons. I didn't tell you the story about Jacob going and, and, and trying to get his wife. And There's so much in there. I can't go all night with this, but I'll tell you what. He downloaded it and it's in here. Read it. Joseph at the well. His brothers threw him in the well. Like we're throwing the Bible away. Just get rid of it. We don't need it. But guess what? Guess what? He got rid of it. They got rid of Joseph. We're done with Joseph. Don't need him no more, just like we're getting rid of the Bible. But guess what? One day people are going to be wanting to have one of these to 
and say, what can I do? This, the government's been lying. The people's been lying. My preacher's been lying. I need to get in here. What did he say? Why did he say take this out? If I'd have just read that passage, maybe I wouldn't have been depressed. Maybe I wouldn't have been suicidal. Maybe I wouldn't have turned to drugs and alcohol and pornography and gambling. Maybe I would not have slept with my neighbor's husband or wife. Maybe I would not have did that if I'd have just read this Bible. Kids today in the street, they think of sex as no more than a video game. Why? Because they're on the internet more than they're in their Bible. Because they might not even have a Bible at home. You need to go get one in the dollar store, have them for a dollar. Some old, some places, me and my son found, some places give them away. Some of these uh, consignment shops will give you a Bible. Go get a bunch of them, take them down and give them to people. We need to get back in the Bible. Well, now we're going to go ahead. There's two women in the Bible, Ruth and Esther. For all you people think women ain't important, read the Bible. Deborah, she was a judge. She was in the Bible. Think about it. There was a talking donkey in the Bible. Come on. Balaam's donkey. See? He talked. It's in here, read it. See, y'all missing all the good stuff, and I'm still in the Old Testament. There's bedtime Bible stories used to haunt me. When I would lay drunk, and I would think about all these people in the Bible, how they overcome. Why couldn't I? Because it was easier for me to lay down there and waller in the drugs and alcohol than it was to get up and dust myself off and open my Bible. And then there were people that said, you don't need the Bible. You just need to come to a 12-step program and worship a higher power than your alcohol. The court actually sent me to a 12-step program. Dumbest thing I ever seen. They had it in a little place next to the bar I used to frequent. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, this is really cool. <laughs> this is oh really cool. And I would go to the twelve step program with a buddy of mine, and we would leave there. We didn't have to go back for another week, and we'd hit the bar. Oh, what? What? <laughs> I have a thirteenth step. Go in, make the courts happy, and then go get drunk. <laughs> I wasn't reading my Bible. Well. I was living for the flesh. And without this book, it's so easy to live for the flesh. Hmm. Tell the story of Joshua. Judges, Ruth. Samuel, his mother of woman, she prayed so hard to have a prophet, her husband thought she was drunk. He said, woman, why are you drunk in the house of the Lord? She said, I'm not drunk. I want to have a prophet. Samuel was the prophet that anointed David. We know David, David and Goliath. That's the good side of David. Do we know about David and Bathsheba? You know, that's a good story too. Then we know about Solomon. Solomon had a thousand wives. And concubines and girlfriends. <laughs> I got one wife. I can't handle that. She's from West Virginia, so that's like having a thousand. She's just kind of all over the place. But you know what? Solomon built the temple of God. They talk about Solomon all the way into the New Testament. 
I could go on. I like the story in Esther about Haman and Mordecai, how Haman built a Haman built a gallows to hang Mordecai. And guess what? He ended up hung on it. Wonderful story. Wonderful story. Saved a nation because Esther was made for a time such as those. This Bible was made to tell us about those times. This Bible is the same today as it was yesterday and will be tomorrow. Don't try to muzzle God. Don't try to muzzle God. All the prophets are in here. The old prophets that I love. Elijah and his showdown with the prophets of Baal I spoke about a couple weeks ago. It's in here. He won. Jezebel. You still hear today people talk about they have a Jezebel spirit. And listen, a man or a woman can have the Jezebel spirit. But let me tell you something. She got high on her horse and she kind of went to the dogs. You'll understand when I read the Bible it tells you all about it. Then there's a book of Psalms. Poems. Beautiful. Uplifting. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Or as some say, I shall not lack. I don't need nothing because God will provide. And he wants to provide me. You know what? Some people say, I see the cup half empty. Well, I see the cup half full. My Bible says my cup runneth over. Come on. My cup runneth over. It runneth over because he wants his children to be loved. Run over with love. Run over. Prosper. He wants us to prosper. And he wants us to lay up, up, our, lay up all of our treasures in heaven. We're going to get to the four good books that I'm getting ready to talk about. Because these books turn me around. It's called the Gospels, the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's talking about the life of Jesus. And there's people that say, well, that's not for us today. He was talking to those people then. It was what he said to them people that saved this man. If what he said to them people doesn't mean nothing today, why are we going to buy Christmas gifts for tomorrow? If Jesus' words was not important, you cannot leave his words and just accept his gift. You cannot leave his words and not and accept accept his birthday and his, the good stuff, but not listen to where he says, Woe be young to you Pharisees, you hypocrites. How long must I endure this generation? Don't be glad that you can go and do these things, but be glad that your name is written in the book of life. But Jesus, we prophesied in your name and we cast out demons. And he said, get away from me, you workers of iniquity. I know you not. Oh, we got to leave that stuff out because listen, we told some people that one time and they left my church. We ought to go give them a comeback so they don't run to hell. A lot of people preaching this stuff and leaving stuff out is just sending people straight to hell. And you know what? There's a lot of preachers that ain't preaching the truth that's going to go with them. Everything I say is going to come out of this book. It's going to be scriptural. You may not believe the way I believe. That's your business. But I preach gospel. And I preach salvation. And I preach the virgin birth and the ministry of Christ and the words in red. 
in the crucifixion and the resurrection. Amen. And that the only way through heaven is through the shed blood, not spilled blood. He didn't spill a block drop. He shed it. He gave it willingly. And no nails held him to the cross. His love held us, held him to the cross. And those three hours of darkness Amen. on the cross, those hours of darkness on the cross, brother, God did not want to look upon that sin that he was carrying. See, he wasn't just carrying the sin for them people that was on that hill that day. He was carrying the sin of everybody that ever lived before and everybody will ever live after. But they have to go to him and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. And then they have to repent. Jesus says, those that do my commandments are my friends. Those that follow me and honor me, them will my Father honor. He doesn't say just show up at church, drop your money in the bucket and go home, you good. He don't say that. Read this. This will give you this is basic instructions on life before living on earth. The basic instructions. Look. Basic instructions before leaving the earth. The Bible. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand upon the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. <laughs> Childhood. Childhood. And I knew what this book was about then. I know what it's about now. I know there's people in certain certain countries dying just to get a page of this book. And their countries, oh, come on people, don't tear it apart. Don't tear it apart because woe be unto the pastors that scatter my sheep. It's in the Bible. One of the prophets, Jeremiah 23, 1, I think. I'm right on maybe 23, 1, but I know where it's at. It's 23. I'm not, I'm not the biggest, the best articulate speaker you'll ever meet. I'm not the best, most theologian that you'll ever meet. But I've read this Bible since I was a little boy. And you know what? I like what Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, some read in the Greek, some read in the Hebrew. I read in the Spirit. I read the NLT, the, M, the PTP, the Message. I'll go out of the King James... New King James, the Old King James, the CEV, the ESV, the MOUSE. No, I'll go out of any Bible that I can read. I'll go out of any Bible that I can read because I'm reading in the Spirit. And I ask the Lord, Lord, let me see what these words mean. I don't read it like a novel. I read it because I want to hear the voice of God. I say, Lord, anoint my ears so I can hear what you're saying. I got my glasses off tonight because he said I didn't need them. I don't got my podium like I said earlier. I don't got no notes. I don't know what I'm saying. But I know exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> that old boy's crazy. Yes, I am. I'm crazy for God. Because I read this book and I know what this book says. And if you follow what this book says, you're going to see something. He ain't that crazy. Gospels are important. People say the book of Acts. It doesn't really get, it don't really start until a certain time. Listen, the book of Acts started, I think. Look, I'm not an English major, and I've never written any real big books. Now, my wife and my daughter have written books. What is the first chapter in the book? Isn't it one? 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 
one. So if you go to the book of Acts, then start reading chapter one. That's where you should start, not waiting till you get to the part they don't want you to hear. See, the book of Acts talks about the mighty rushing wind. And it fell on them like cloven tongues. And they begin to speak in other languages. As the Spirit, not the denomination, as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Spirit gave them utterance. Oh, but that was for those times, Rusty. And I say this a million times. Peter said, be baptized and receive ye the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that gift is for you, 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 your children, and all who are far off, and anyone our Lord will call. He didn't say it's just for us. If it was just for them, Jesus would have died in vain. He came to save the people. Oh, well, but Rusty, you were talking about the old, uh, the, 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 the Gospels. That was just for the Jews. In the beginning of, I think it's in book John, when it says in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word was with God. All things were made by Him, and all things without Him was not made, all that stuff. I think that's what it says. It might not say that. Read the Bible and find out. But anyhow, it goes on to say, to those who accepted Him and believed Him, those he made the sons of God. He did not say to the Jews that accepted him and believed him. He said to those. Peter said, and he said to Peter, anyone afar off, anyone. He didn't say to Jews that was out of town. He said anyone that was far off. The woman at the well. Woman at the well. I like that. Woman at the well. She was an evangelist. How do I know that? Because Jesus said, go and tell. He said, go Come and on. tell. He said, go and tell. I've got a guest here today. She's a woman. She's an evangelist. She's a prophet. She's an apostle. She's whatever. She's a soldier for God. My wife's a soldier for God. Amen. My favorite title is servant. Jesus called me brother and friend. Mm. I'm a friend. I got a friend that sticks closer to me than my brother. That's another whole sermon. Back to my Bible. So then we'll go out of Acts for a little bit. And we're going to go into the epistles. i got a bad teeth. I can't say it. I'll put it back. It's going to be healed here in about a week. It's going to be completely healed. The epistles. Jesus. The epistles. They're very good books. The, 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 the apostle Paul wrote them. But guess what's in there that some people want to leave out? Gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit. G-I-F-T-S of the S-P-I-R-E-I-T. Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Those gifts. They're real. They're for today. Come on. Signs, wonders, miracles are real. You can't preach the gospel without preaching about the gifts of the Spirit and, and, and signs, wonders, and miracles because that's what Jesus did. He performed signs, wonders, and miracles. And he said, all part is given upon you. Uh, he gave them all the power. And to their people. And to their disciples. And they all went out. See, everybody says it was the 12. Well, it was 70 of them that went out and came back bragging about, we laid hands and we did that. The 12 watched him do it. They couldn't do it at first because he said these things happened with prayer and fasting. Thank you, God. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I love it when he works. I love it when he works. I love him on his day off. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Precious Jesus. Come on. So then we're in Acts, we're in the, you know, we get in the epistles, then we get in all the other books. Then, you know, listen, and then people want to argue over, over things. But one of the books in the Bible says not to argue over it. 
Don't worry about foolish genealogies. Don't worry about this, that, and the other. Worry about the gospel. If more of us just go out and preach. Paul the apostle said, I don't care what he preaches or what she preaches or what she preaches or he preaches. As long as we're all preaching the gospel. As long as we're all preaching Christ crucified. As long as we're all preaching the cross. Come on, quit taking the parts out of the Bible because it don't fit your de de denomination. Oh, you one of them crazy Pentecostals. No, I'm a Christian. I just believe what this book says. I am a Pentecostal. I'm born again. Come on. I'm a tongue talker. I'm sorry. If it offends you, I'm not sorry. I believe in the Bible. I believe what it says. I believe the gifts are real, therefore, today. I believe in healing. Amen. Now we get to this. I said, you just keep throwing it out here. I love it when you know I'm talking, I got my train going, and then he wants to pull up another car and do this one right now. He leads us. I'm spirit-driven, spirit-led, spirit-fed. That's also something else Pentecostal folks are. Spirit-led. He just uh -huh. said something. There's churches that's closing down. Not because the government says you've got to close down. Not because the government says you might you can have ten people. They're closed down because they might get sick. I know a guy went to a church one time recently, and they were going to do an altar call, and people got up to come to the altar, and somebody stood up and said, "No, no, no." One more. Yeah. No. <laughs> Don't go up there. Don't go up there. Don't you telling people to sit down. Let me tell you, if your church will not pray for you, call me. Contact me. If you're in the Johnson City area, call Pleasant Family Ministry. I will come and lay hands on you. Jesus did not tell the lepers, go get cleaned up and then come back, make an appointment. Amen. Jesus didn't sit in the synagogue when they dug a hole through the roof and lowered the cripple down. He didn't say, oh man, they're getting dust on me. He, he admired them. Jesus healed ten people and only one of them said thanks. Only one of them. See, there's so many stories in here, so many people ain't being told because many preachers ain't preaching the whole Bible. They're preaching feel good, feel good, lazy. Listen, they're watering it down so much that you're going to be floating down a lazy river to hell. Come on. There's got to be fire in the water. Woo! There's got to be fire in his words. There's got to be fire to make the cat run. There's got to be fire. Fire. Wonder-working fire. Come on. In the blood. I'm going old school here in a minute. Woo! I might break out into a chorus of, what's her name? Nanny Frisbee? Fanny, 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 Fanny Frisbee song or whatever. She, she had a lot of good songs. Crosby. Fanny Crosby. There you go, Fanny Crosby. I, I tell you, I can't, I'm just, see when I go to get off track, God says, no, I don't want you to say that, so he just confounds my words. See, he did that in the Bible, in the Old Testament, it was a place called the Tower of Babel. Read about it. See, anything we do today, he already took care of it one time or another in the Bible. You want, you want to get too smart and put your own words in there? He'll confound your words. He can do it. Oh, man, he's, he's wonderful. He's wonderful. He, oh, God, I know. Can I use that one? The book of Revelation. Oh, that's a scary book. I can't understand it. 
read it, you can understand it. But my favorite part of all the books of Revelation is the second and third chapter. People say, well, is that for today or for the future? It's for every day. It was for past, present, future. See, when, when Jesus was talking to John about the churches of Ephesus and Philadelphia and, and Tarsus and all those things, there's seven of them, he talked to them. You know what he did? He said, this is what you're doing right. But this is what you're doing wrong. And every church today, every denomination, every conference could look at those seven churches and probably find themselves in one of them. There's churches that say, oh no, you had a home church. Listen, we better get used to some of this because they're trying to close down churches. I know my friend here has a home church and she reaches people. And I have other friends that have home churches. And as long as it's structured and you're preaching the true gospel of Jesus Christ and it's got the Holy Spirit involved and you're not out there saying, well, listen, let's not go. You know, look, it's got to be church. You can't have people come over and say, well, let's go to Denny's for breakfast. Then we're going to come back and watch the game. We have church next week. No, it's got to be structured. It's got to come first. It's got to be the number one thing other than God in your life when you call people to your house to have a Bible study, have a Bible study. And the first thing to do is have a Bible. Come on. Preach the truth. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. Come on. That's what the Bible says. It says in the last days, there's going to be people searching out with itchy ears. I ain't scratching your ears. If you don't got one of these and you don't read it from the beginning to the end and study it and turn and learn it and question your pastor. If your pastor says it's okay to do it, it's okay to sin, you better just think about that one. If your pastor says that it's okay to cheat on your wife or it's okay to go be a drunkard, or it's okay to tell a little white lie. My son went to a church one time and they told him something and he said, well, I don't want to lie. He said, the, the, the pastor of the band that was there that night said, it's okay to tell a little white lie. God's not going to get mad. There's no size. Lies do not come in sizes. Man puts the sizes on the lies. God just sees lie. L-I-E. Or L-Y-E. Either way, it's a lie. Wow, that was a good... See, God got a sense of humor. I wouldn't have been smart enough to think of that. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. When I was a little boy, I wanted to be a preacher, and I knew all them verses, all the Bible verses. Now I don't know, I don't recite them, because that's kind of like a religious ritual. I could say the verse. I don't care how many Bible books you can name, how many do you know? It's like the daggone, like the, like the, the demon spirits that were in when the son of Sylvia came and they said, Paul, I know in Jesus, I know, but who is you? Do you know your Bible? Because see, this is not just written by man, this is God's breathed word. It is the word of God. So I'm going to tell you pastor stuff that I don't care. Get mad, unfriend me, unfollow me, unlike me. I don't care. Because I'm going to tell you something. This came to me. Oh, no, he's going to get crazy now. God talked to him. You know God don't talk no more. Listen, old man will have dreams. I'm old. 
Young men will have vision, old men will have dreams. Sometimes he still let me have a vision every now and then. I must be middle-aged. But listen, I had a dream, and he said, they're tearing apart my Bible. They're tearing apart my Bible. They're leaving things out. They're taking my word and destroying it. They're not listening to what I said, Rusty. Don't take away from God's word. You know, there's a verse in, in, in Revelations that says, don't add to or take away any, anything from this prophecy. Now, was he, talking about, uh, was he talking about Revelation or the whole Bible? I'm not going to take the chance. I can take nothing away from nothing. I'm not going to take the chance. When he says, thou shalt not steal, I'm not going to say, well, the law's not for today. Because if you know your Bible, it tells you this. In the Old Covenant, the law was written on stone. Y'all get that, I'm going back. In the New Covenant, the Holy Spirit writes the law on your heart. In other words, what God's saying is, and I said this the other day, I'm going to say it again. You know, it was easier to get away with sin in the Old Covenant than the New Covenant. Because in the Old Covenant, they had to catch you sleeping with your neighbor's wife. Ooh, come on. In the New Covenant, Jesus said, you just think about it. <laughs> you just think about it, you done broken. And see, since the Holy Ghost wrote it on your heart, he knows it. Oh, I don't have to say I'm sorry for everything I did. No, you don't have to, but I wouldn't take a chance. Mm -hmm. Eternity's a long time to burn for arrogance. There's some people that are very bold today. Boldness, don't confuse boldness with arrogance. Don't confuse age with ignorance. Don't confuse race or or gender, or where somebody came from, whether they're man or woman, or black or white, or red or yellow, young or old, country or city, learned or not so learned. Listen, Jesus didn't go to the seminary to pick up the disciples. Come on. He got them on a boat. He got them following other people. He got me out of the gutter. And then he put me on my feet and then I still kept walking away from him because I thought, thank you God for getting me away from that life. Woo! I'm not a sinner anymore. Hallelujah. Where do you go to church? I don't. Why not? Huh. God, me and God's got together. He got me out of that life of sin so you don't drink no more. Oh, I still drink, but I'm not a I'm not drunk no more. I just drink every now and then. Just like days on wise and stuff like that. God saved me chewing tobacco, smoking cigarettes, drinking steel. The only thing I was doing, I was married now, and so I didn't go out and do it by myself. I took my wife with me. <laughs> Dragging her. My, and listen, I'll tell you. But then he come in the middle of the night when I started to get a little successful. Had a nice little business. Had everything I could think of as far as what we needed, and he come to me, and y'all heard this story and said, follow me, it's time, it's time. I got rid of everything and followed him. I walked out in faith, because I know what this Bible says about faith. It's in Hebrews chapter 11. 
walk out in faith. Peter stepped off the boat in faith, but then he didn't trust. you got to trust if you have faith. I can say, I've got all the faith I want. I can say, I'm going to lay hands on somebody. But if I'm doing it like this, could you put your mask on first? Let me get a glove. Let me get a glove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go. Listen, I'm going to come lay hands on you. And if you want to be real brave, I'll... Listen, don't tempt the Lord thy God. I'm not going to do that, but I would lay hands on you and pray for you. If you don't want me to touch you, I will still pray for you. If you want me to wear a mask, if that's what it takes for me to pray for you, I will pray for you with a mask on. You can hear me through a mask. God can hear me. I don't even got to open my mouth. He hears me. If you don't believe me, it's in here. Come on. Prayer is important. And I can't do anything without prayer and fasting. It's in here. See, so much in here. Y'all are missing this. And this is a skinny one. I got worried about that fat thing. You know, I used to, I was telling my friend here today, I used to have like 10 shelves taller than me. They're even in some of my pictures. Full of books. I mean books from some of the most noted generals in, the, in ministry. I had tapes. I had classes by the great Lester Summerall. I had classes and things that he did, tapes, and, and look, I love all of them. I still have them. I had Billy Graham books. I have Jimmy Swagger books. A.A. Allen, Pop Hagen. I got all these books. Now I've got them all stored in a nice cabinet. And I got one shelf in my office. And it's got a few books. But it's basically all Bibles. I got new ones. I got old ones. I got little ones. I got big ones. I ain't got big ones. That's for the women. Oh. <laughs> no, I actually use that a lot because it's got bigger words. Listen, people. God said, Rusty, tell them not to give up on the Bible. The Bible also tells us about a birth that happened over 2,000 years ago as we celebrate Christ tomorrow morning. Think of the reason for the season. See, because Jesus has been here. That song that she played at the beginning, Jesus was here in eternity past. When there was no reference of time, Jesus was here. Amen. In the first line, in the first in the book of John, in chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word. He was here in the beginning. It was His breath, the breath of God. I love this story where it says, well, I heard an old preacher say this one time. It was God's thoughts that he saw what he wanted. It was Jesus' voice that spoke it into existence. And it was the Holy Spirit that was the workforce behind it. It's kind of like with the gifts of the Spirit. God owns them all. Jesus is the administrator. He gives you what you have. He gives me her. He distributes them. Come on. But he doesn't distribute them for us to do them. The Holy Ghost works through us and does them. See, don't think that you're ever... You're only a prophet because the Holy Spirit says you are. You're only an apostle because God made you one. Jesus made you one. Come on. You're only a prophet. You're only an evangelist because God said that's what you are. You're only a preacher or a teacher. You only cut the grass at the church because that's what God told you to do. Come on. I don't care how big your church is, but the thing I was on earlier, and, 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 
the home churches, they're real and they're in the Bible. The Apostle Paul says several times in the book of Romans of the people, Aquila and Priscilla was one that, that had church in their home. They had church in their home. The first century church, listen, this country is starting to look a lot like we need some churches in our homes. We need some churches in our homes because a lot of the places people are going, they don't even have Bibles. When I was a kid, everybody that went to church took their Bible. And marked it, well, they didn't mark it, they wrote it, the notepad. Nowadays, people, it's, a, it's just a pay to carry the Bible. Some of them take it to their favorite pew in the church and lay it there. So it's there when they come back, they don't have to be troubled with carrying it. Hmm. Wow. True story. Bible is God's word. Don't misuse it. Don't leave nothing out. You can have a different opinion on the way you see things, but remember the right hand and the left hand are two different hands, but they're all part of one body. Don't start cutting off another hand because you don't like the way they read the Bible. But don't start cutting off pages of the Bible because you don't like the way it convicts you of your sin. Amen. Come on. Sin is sin. It is down. It was then. It will be tomorrow. I preach repentance. I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is a loving God. He doesn't want to see one person go to hell. But he does not love sin. He does not love sin. He will not look upon sin. God will not look upon sin. Sin will not enter into heaven. So I don't care what you did, what somebody's told you. If you're living in sin, you ain't going to heaven. It's that simple. If you're living with a woman and y'all ain't married, or you're living with a man and you ain't married, the Bible says you ain't coming to heaven. These ain't my words. Get married, cut me off, I don't care. This is what the Bible says, but so many people ain't read it in so long. They're reading the 2021 version. That's why 2020 was like it was. Nobody reading the 2020. They're not reading the Bible. They think the Bible's for another time. Okay. If anybody tonight does not know their Bible, there's a part in there about repentance. There's a part about accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Right now is an opportunity for a new beginning. Sometime we celebrate Jesus' birthday tonight, tomorrow morning. You can be reborn into Jesus Christ tonight. You can wake up tomorrow morning a child of God. That's the greatest gift you can have. Everything I said, take it, leave it. But what I'm getting ready to say right now is the most important thing. If anybody's watched this, if they're continuing to watch this, there's people that's going to tell you I was wrong. There's people going to tell you I was right. I don't want you as my, one of my mentors, he would be dead for three or 400 years now, but he made a statement one time. I don't want anybody 300 years from tonight thinking about what I said in hell. Wishing they could have made a decision tonight and be born into the family of God. But because of pride, because of arrogance, because they don't want to truly repent, 
See, you can say all the words you want, but that word truly is very important to God. Because if you want to be born again, you have to truly repent. Not just say you're going to do it. My altar call is for anybody that wants to participate. Write us, let us know if you want prayer, if you need prayer. But right now I'm going to ask you to say a prayer with me. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or if you think you know, I'm going to ask you a question, and this will answer your salvation question. If I ask you, if Jesus come back right now, or you took your last breath, where would you be on the other side of your last breath? When you breathed out, would you wake up in heaven? If you say, Rusty, I hope so, I think so, I want to, I might. Those are all four wrong answers. You need to say, yes, Rusty. When I breathe out, I want to breathe in in heaven. That's the only acceptable answer. You can't hope you're saved. you got to know it. We're going to take a second right now to do that. Just repeat after me. And everybody can say this prayer. If you're not sure, if you are sure, just say it. Get it right tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. Lord, I'm a sinner. I don't know where I stand with you, Lord. I don't know. I thought I was saved, but I don't know if I'm saved, Lord. Lord, I don't want to take a chance and spend eternity in the flames. I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to truly repent and move from my sinful ways. I want to give myself to you completely, Lord. I want to serve you from this day forward. I know that over 2,000 years ago, you went to the cross on the hill at Calvary and that you shed your blood for me, Lord. I know that you were buried in a borrowed tomb and three days later, you were arose, a victor over death and sin and I know you sit at the right hand of the Father Lord I ask you to come into my life I accept you as my Lord and Savior in Jesus name we pray Amen I also I want to tell you anybody out there if you're rich, you know somebody that's not. If you're sick, if you're not sick, you know somebody that's ill. If you don't have COVID, you probably know somebody or heard of somebody who does. If you've got a job, you know somebody who doesn't. If you have your family members around you tonight, there are people that have lost family members, and I mean recently. This is Christmas. This is the time when the Lord brought His Son forth to save us. This is a time of giving. I'm not asking for anyone to give anything right now but a prayer. Dear Lord, I want you to come into the hearts of the people watching, the people that's here, and into my heart, Lord, and touch it and open it up so that we can feel 
what these people feel. So that when we pray for those that have lost loved ones, when we pray for those that are sick, when we pray for those that are hurting, when we pray for the homeless, when we pray for the addict, when we pray for for the pornography people, when we pray for these people, Lord, that we can understand they need you, they need a touch of you. They need you to come into their life, Lord, and they need to cast out any impurity, any demonic force, any force of witchcraft or sorcery, anything that's coming against them. I cast it out, I bind it up, and throw it in the ocean in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes. Lord, anyone that's calling out to you right now, and anyone that's calling out to you from wherever they're at, Lord, touch them. In Jesus' name. I want to thank anybody that watched this. I don't like to give a lot of... I just... I just Listen, if you need anything, if you need prayer, contact us. Go to PleasantFamilyMinistry.org if you want to donate or pay tithes, whatever. It's there for you. We love you. We want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Don't throw your Bible away. It's a good gift to give. Amen. If you got a Bible, dust it off and just get it out and set it on the table. Maybe somebody will look at it. Tell somebody about Jesus. I hope you came and heard tonight, and I hope you go and tell. Don't throw the Bible away. Don't dissect it. It's not a fraud. It's the Word of God. Amen.